All right, you ready? I'm ready. Let's do this. Welcome to The Loyalist Connections. Established 1783. Sean, what's happening? Happy to be here once again. Once again, we're going to bring it home with this one, though. That's right. So today, uh, we're going to discuss and explore North Preston, Nova Scotia. Well, what's interesting as we continue along this journey is our connections with these communities. Absolutely. Why don't you tell me a little bit more about your connection to North Preston, Larice? So interestingly enough, my grandfather's father uh, was raised in North Preston. Uh, he, at an older age, like later in life, you know, moved to Halifax with his wife. Uh, and they became to be known the, you know, overtown downies, you know, <laughs> the overtown, downies. <laughs> overtown. Downies. Right. So that's my mother's father. So my mother's grandfather, my great grandfather, uh, you know, connected to North Preston. Uh, and then my father's father, his mother's from North Preston. And interestingly enough, they're, they're downies. So I'm like, if you, if I go back far enough, it's downy. <laughs> You're not escaping the downy connection. No, that's it's pretty that's pretty significant. Yeah. And when you stop and think about that, how you know when you start drawing those lines and how you're connected to those communities, it's pretty powerful, eh? Oh, absolutely. You know, so what's it, Downy Road? Downy Road. <laughs> so what about you? Like, like, tell me about your connection. I know we discussed this several times, and it goes back to you know genealogy for you, right? Like, yeah. And what's interesting is I've always kind of set positioned my ancestry as black loyalist. <laughs> um, and what's what I found interesting on this part of this journey is that, you know, my father was always in my ear talking about where he was from, the black loyalists and so forth, which was really interesting till I had a conversation with my mother. <laughs> and she handed me the documents of tracing her ancestry. And I saw 1816, Chesapeake Bay, Virginia, settlement in the Prestons. <laughs> So my mother's maiden name is a Ross. Uh-huh. I'm fairly certain there's still some Rosses in the North Preston community. Absolutely. I also know as well that my mother has connections to Upper Hammonds Plains as mm -hmm. well, too. So that's my connection, which I'm still trying to figure out in that sense. It seems like yours is a little bit more refined than mine in yeah. that sense. But for me, I'm still trying to piece this, I guess, the, the black refugee portion of my... Uh, descendants yeah. and where where I actually fit in there. So, I mean, this community, you know, it offers a lot. I mean, we just highlighted, you know, some like our connections. That's right. And now to introduce our special guest for this episode, Navelle Provo. I think we should start off by saying, Navelle, thanks for being here after your your accident today. Yes, yes, thank you, thank you. Those that are listening, uh, had a good little incident happen, so I have two pit bulls. One is two years old, another is about nine months. They're both about 80 pounds. And, uh, yeah, they got into a little scrap. They're going through a little thing right now trying to figure out who's the alpha in the uh -huh. house. Mm. So I got to put my foot down and show them I'm actually the alpha, but till we get there. Who's the man? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, man, it's real. So, you know, they've been getting into it here and there, so they got into it today in a pretty good fight, but I couldn't let the boys down, so here I am. Man. You know, I really, really <laughs> appreciate 
you doing it? We saw this guy walking up. Larissa's like, he's in a sling. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, how fresh is that? I'm like, I don't know. He never mentioned anything to me. I talked to this guy literally earlier yeah, today. Literally. <laughs> in the span of like four hours, yeah. how much things can change, right? So Just following him on Instagram. Like, he's always in the gym. Yeah. I'm like, uh, is it yeah, a gym see that? Yeah. A lot can happen in, in four hours, man. So, Navelle, to start um, our podcast, Lilith's Connections, mm-hmm. if you're wondering, how Larissa and I are connected. I am. We go back uh, a long ways. Uh-huh. It actually started at a basketball tournament in Yarmouth. Basketball, man. It's the ultimate connected. He walked world. into the gym, and I looked at him. I'm like, man, this guy looks a lot like me. <laughs> I'm like, this is, and you know, and you know what it's like in there. Because <laughs> as I'm looking at you two, I never met you guys in real life before yeah. I heard the names. I'm like, fuck, man, these guys, are we, am I allowed to swear? Or something? It doesn't matter. Like, well, I did it up. Okay. I'm like, out. are these guys brothers or something? I know we're all cousins around <laughs> yeah. here, but frig, man. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> that makes sense. So then what happened is we go to university. Larice plays football. I'm playing basketball. Then we just start talking, and then I find out he's got family from here. Uh, mm-hmm. So. And then we started fast forward a little bit later in life. We've been always talking about trying to start a business, mm-hmm. do a few things together. And this vodka distillery came up, which is maybe we can talk to you about that. Serial <laughs> yeah. entrepreneur. So, exactly. Right. So, <laughs> you know, starting this vodka distillery based on like our history. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Startup cost. Yeah. yeah I'll stay away from that. Tell right. And then different format. Here we are. Doing a podcast. Okay. So on my side of my family, my dad is a black loyalist. So he would have arrived. His ancestors would have arrived here in 1783. Yep. What I found it oh interesting on my mother's side, she would have came during that wave of during the War of 1812, the black mm-hmm. refugees. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know where she ended. Her family ended up settling in Preston. Okay. Yeah. Right. That's Never it. knew that until like maybe a month ago. All right. right. All so right. Makes sense. Um, that's why we're here. We're Wanted to highlight the 50 historical communities across Nova Scotia and beyond, mm-hmm. uh, if we ever get to that. <laughs> but we're finding out that it's not just a uh, short journey. Yeah, it's going to no, be no, a long yeah. journey. Yeah, long. And yeah. It's marathon, marathon. Marathon, not a sprint. That's mm-hmm. what they say. And so I think what prompted us to reach out to you was I saw your article. Mm-hmm. I know you're from the community, but we all have similar backgrounds here, which is interesting. And when we did this podcast, we talked about past present and future nice and you're present and i admire that because like i said similar past mm-hmm. from ath- athletics university things of that nature but then you say i'm gonna start my own business yeah yeah and that's to me something that youth need to hear mm-hmm. to be entrepreneurial and one thing is is that we often forget that our ancestors mm. were entrepreneurial 100%. right so i guess to start what is your connection to north preston yeah, so my connection to North Preston uh, dates back hundreds, I think even 400 years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when they say we've been here, I kind of live and breathe that, right? So my mom, uh, her parents are from North Preston. Their parents are from, I actually just had a conversation with my grandmother the other day, just trying to track back as much as far as possible. So one of my goals right now um, for 2021-2022 is to create a ginormous <laughs> um, North Preston family tree. Mm-hmm. To go nice. back as far as we can go, and you know, we all know we connect and we have yeah. family reunions and all that. Right. But I want to see how far we actually go. Who's the first person we can name, uh-huh. and let's connect every every person be on, on underneath that. Because I think one, the pride that'll create, um, and just to to really know. So to, to answer the question, you know, North Preston for for generations, 
Um, you know, as far as I know right now, it's about six or seven generations that I've been, that my family's been there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just, just fully connected, man. Like a, a place that, you know, um, I had, was going to get two tattoos in my life. Um, I only got one. My mom only let me get one at the age. And once <laughs> I got old, I didn't want to get the second, but my first was La Familia and my second tattoo, which means family in yes. Italian. And my second tattoo was going to be North Preston. Mm-hmm. So those are two things that are in my blood, two things that I live and breathe every day is family in North Preston. So that's kind of my connection to, to North Preston, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. That makes perfect sense. I mean, if you ever, you know, do do that, uh, family tree, Mm -hmm. our, our paths are probably a thousand percent. (laughs) I didn't realize Uh that Chesapeake Bay to Preston. (laughs) Wait, hold on. What what, what is this? How did that happen? And how come I don't know that? Mm -hmm. And that's Mm -hmm. the other thing. The reason we're doing this is like, we want to kind of bridge some of those gaps. Like there is a little age difference between us, but you have the same questions that we have mm-hmm. and as a black community. We don't talk about these sure, things. No. And so get as much information as you capture. Right capture. Yeah, capture. Capture. That's the key. That's yeah, the key. You know, is. my um, one of my great aunts, she lived to be 102 years old. Really? I had a conversation with her when she was like 99. Could still function, could still talk, could still dance. I was always interested and curious. So, you know, she used to tell us about how they would. You know, take the the cows, and the cows would take them into town on the on the horse and buggies, yeah. and um, just all the stories. You know, that is just like wow, people really lived like that, and mm-hmm. you you saw that, right? So, you know, they had stories about how in North Preston, um, when it used to snow, we didn't obviously didn't have snow plow, so a group of forty men would get together and just shovel the road so we could get to and from town, right? And you That's know, the, the 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 water used to freeze over, so um, we'd play hockey on the ice, but also people would put their uh, cars whatever they right. whatever they were and carry their carts around because there's a little shortcut so all these just real creative stories of entrepreneurship and creativity and community togetherness because we were on our own that's and that's uh-huh. where, the, where the entrepreneurship comes from yep. for us it was necessity you know we weren't entrepreneurs because like oh let's start a business like well i'm not getting a job <laughs> i gotta eat what the heck do we do so that's a perfect segue into like our next you know question yeah uh and that's around like your experience growing up in North Preston. Mm-hmm. Tell us about it. Like, mm-hmm. talk a little more about like mm-hmm. what that was like. It's it's a beautiful place, man. I say you know all the time. There's no place like North Preston for 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 childhood for kids, mm-hmm. right? And I mean, obviously it's the only place I grew up in, but still, you know, I've been a lot of places. Um, played basketball in the states, West Virginia, Baltimore, Maryland, Ooh, West been, Virginia. Yeah, <laughs> ask me a question about that later on. But <laughs> real interesting. I was West thinking Virginia, John Denver, Mountain Country Mama, Mountain yeah, Mama, Mountain man, Mama. it's real. What you what you think is what it is. But um, you know, so West Virginia, you know, played basketball in Greece and Spain, oh. Italy, been been around the world um, wow. because of a game of basketball, but still never f- found a place like North Preston. So you know, when I think of my childhood, you know, I remember at age four or five, that's when you're kind of finally, finally allowed to go out on your own. Yeah. Right. At four, you just gotta stay in your yard. As soon as you hit five, that's like the the passage away that you can go up the road and right. and and do the most, right? So you know, I was finally able to go outside and I had a bike, and you know, basically every every day, summertime, we would um, just cruise around our bikes. We we would look at every house to see where all the bikes are parked, and that means that's where everyone's at. So once you you found the house, you go in. Boom, now we're all together. It's 10 of us. And we're just running around all day from 12 o'clock to the streetlights come on, 8 o'clock. Um, you know, we have no game plan. Yeah, someone, someone, we're going to eat at someone <laughs> else's house. Uh, you know, I know every person's, I know every house. So if there's 
300 houses in North Preston. I know every person. I know every grandmother that lives. I know everyone's name. That's that's how connected the community is. And just really a, a real connected place. Um, you know, you could be disciplined by anyone's mom. Um, everyone had the right to to yell at you if you were out of out of touch. Right? Guess how many times have we heard this story? <laughs> it's the same thing. That's yeah, it, man. It, it goes across the board, right? And, you know, that's, you. I, like I said, anyone would, if I was hungry, anyone would let me in and feed me. Uh, I could use the bathroom at anyone's house, just knock on the door and go in. So, you know, like I said, just a real, a real connected community. I've always uh-huh. told the story of I had about 12 mothers growing up, uh-huh. um, just my friends' moms, just, you know, aunts, everyone just really, the community raises you, yes. right? So, so that, that, that was my experience within North Preston and just the, a, a ton of love, uh, a ton of fun and a place, you know, that you just come to and have no worries, right? Really. We talked about this briefly, but North Preston has one of the oldest and largest black communities in Canada. Yep. Um, given this rich history in this community mm-hmm. that we just discussed, can you describe how the community's changed over time? There's definitely been a, a lot of changes, and, you know, it's something that we're still trying to figure out the, the whys and the causes. Um, but I think, you know, over time, uh, that, that connectiveness has doesn't exist the way it did. You know, you don't see as many kids outside. You don't see, um, you know... There's been a lot of, in, in recent years, a lot of crime and, and violence and a lot of fighting amongst ourselves, uh, right. really. And, and, and most of us are cousins, right? So right. it's insane. It's, it's just really insane and really, you know, something that that, that doesn't sit well mm-hmm. with, with, no, with anyone, doesn't. right? No, no, yeah. no. Um, and, you know, I think t- t- it's a lot of factors, but if I can try to touch on some, you know, I would say, one, the church was always a pillar in the community, mm-hmm. right? So every Sunday... The, the church would be packed with everybody. The church is huge. Um, and over years, I think there's, there's many factors of, of why the church might have. Um, but the church started to decline. You know, the numbers started to get lesser. Uh, you know, people started, there started to be disagreements within the church. Right. A, lot of, a lot of issues. And those disagreements kind of existed um, outside of the, like, you know, outside of the church as well. Right. Right. So then, you know, that's, that's one of the things. And then we see you know, that kind of, I call it poison, gets fed into the kids, right? right? So, you know, mm-hmm. growing up. That division. It, that division. And yeah, animosity. Right? That division, animosity. And they carry it with them, exactly, right? Exactly, exactly. And then, you know, they don't know how to decipher no. what it actually is. To, to their parents, it might just be a little animosity, but now I carry it, and it grows to be hatred. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, we have a dispute. Um, you know, another part of it that, that I really see is there's always been a little bit of a rival. Um, we, got, we got about four main places in North Preston. Yeah. Up the road, down the road, down the street, <laughs> down the hill. Yeah. Right? That's, that, yep. that's, that's what we call it. And then up the grants. That's like a, a subsection in the subdivision. But so anyway, you know, down the road can, and can up. Can you just repeat that? Up yeah, the road. Up the road. Down, down the road, road. Down the street. Down the street. Down the hill. Down the hill. Up the grants. Up to grants. And then the subdivision is newer. Okay. Right? Where does Downey, Downey Road fit? Downey Road is down the road. Oh, right down the road. Down the okay. road. That makes sense. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So you know it, that's that's the North Preston terminology. You yeah. come there, where you at? Oh, I'm just up the road. Yeah, yeah. You you where you guys are going tonight? Yeah, we're going down the road. And everyone knows where down the road is up the road. And it's it's, it's, it's hilarious when I got out of it and seen like that's actually How pretty funny, right? But, but while you're in it, well, so yes. mm-hmm. I've always like. Up home. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, I'm not even, I'm not from there, but yeah. I'm like, oh, you're going up home. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, you're going, to, it's North Preston. Yeah, exactly. I never realized that it existed, that that yeah. was 
division in yeah. there like that. Yeah, and and, okay. and, yeah, and it's like any anywhere you go, you know, there's always going to be division amongst people and communities. Um, but I think, you know, the division that, that we start to see, specifically with down the road and up the road, um, has been a, is a, a, a real rival of, you know, it started with basketball, you know. Mm. It would be up the road versus down the road, and we're playing our hard to beat but, down man, the road. Those, those, those battles get heated. They get heated. The they get heated, man, and, the, and, the, and you carry that. We were always competing, and I think it traces back, really. Um, down the road, um, you know, the, the, the people down the road, however I can word this, are usually darker tone skinned right uh. the people up the road are usually fairer skin so my assumption is when we first migrated uh-huh. um to this place there's, so you know they have maroons and different things my, yes. my assumption is the maroons or whoever the the, the other group were, were yeah. went down the road and then this other group of loyalists came up the road so there was probably always a division and and for as long as i have lived in my grandmother they, they tell us about their division as well so that's my assumption that division existed for that reason couple of things Mm -hmm. here so when we start talking about post-traumatic slave syndrome Mm -hmm. right so one of the results of that i'm not an expert but that's one of the the issues the Mm -hmm. the division Mm -hmm. so if you think about it in the sense let's go let's rewind to slave days yep thank you yeah for sure complexion guess guess who would guess who would be in the house Mm -hmm. me Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. guess who would be on the fields Mm -hmm. There, that has carried over some of that, right? I'm not going to say all of it, Mm -hmm. obviously, but some of that has carried over Mm -hmm. as well, too. Mm -hmm. So that's where you see some of the divisions. But remember, look, when we were looking at some of the other places, right? Look at the people that were in leadership positions. Yeah, for sure. Mulatto. Yep. Right. And Ah. so so that's where, like, and so for listeners, mulatto, like, (laughs) yes, that's a derogatory term. We wouldn't use it now. But that's what people were referenced to at that time, right? Right. So... That's kind of what we've been seeing. Like I said, you know, I might have oversimplified it, but yeah. that's kind of the my understanding of the, the the history and the overall issues around it. There's a ton of stuff that goes into it, but that's kind of what it, what I see. When did you realize that education was the key for yourself mm-hmm. to make these changes, and then all and and kind of lead you down this path? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, obviously, basketball was very yeah. important. Yeah. But that education came with it as yeah. well, too. And we've all been through that path, and yeah. we know that. But what separated you? Mm-hmm. I mean, I would say, you know, to start, I think I was definitely a little more gifted than, than the average uh, kid. So from four plus, you know, I just had a passion for school. And right. I had a competitiveness about me. So I, if, if we're in class, well, the teacher's asking, how do you spell the? I'm going to be the first one to spell mm-hmm. the. Right. And if I don't know how to spell it and someone beat me, I'm going to go home and practice it. Right. So that competitiveness kind of started me out. Um, and then, you know, I always was getting A's and early on, I really that drove me. That drove me to show my parents and show my uncles and get twenty dollars for getting an A. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, my mom, um, she she had some education. Um, so that helped. So she understood the importance. So she pushed me. Mm-hmm. Right. I remember one year, I think grade four, I got a C um, or a C in French and I got all other A's. So she, and I bring my report card home. This is like my first C ever. I'm ready to be like, I got my poor card again. She's like, well, what's that C you built? I'm like, what? Like, what? Look at everything else. She's like, well, what's the C? Why would you, why'd you get a C? And the teacher said, like, you know, Navelle um, wasn't paying attention and goofing off and that type of thing. And I'm like, well, you know, every other kid in the class got a D. What, why do you care about my C? She's like, well, you know, one, we're not competing with anyone else's. Was this the best you could do? The next year I came and I was ready. I was locked in. I was ready to compete. Right. So a lot of those little things with, with my mom, she really played a major role 
um, and, you know, making me value education before I even knew what was happening. And then from there, you know, basketball came into my life. So at age 13, grade 8, um, right in a real transitional phase for me, you know. Yeah. But right at that age, I was my basketball career was taking off, so I went to Toronto. I left nice. where I was at, went to Toronto for grade 9. Um, and now it's I'm just trying to go to the NBA, so I don't really have time to be distracted. But that was the difference for me. One, um, my competitiveness and my giftedness in, in education. Uh-huh. Two, uh, the importance of my mother kind of late in my whole family kind of put on education that that instilled in me and then three uh basketball kind of got me away when i was re- getting into those impressionable years so that was kind of the difference um for for me right mm-hmm. that's great that i see that i see clearly so you left north preston around grade eight mm-hmm. went mm-hmm. to toronto played basketball yep uh yeah you, you talked a little bit about you know like the community and yeah. what it was like, and, yeah. you know, really coming in and, and, and taking basketball mm-hmm. and turning, like, what I found interesting right now is the fact that you took education mm-hmm. and you made it a competitive sport. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> right? Like, for to, sure. to keep yourself applied. Well, yeah. But he also had that little nudge, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. And, and like, you important. said something that what's really interesting. You said that his mother had education. education exactly, and right? I put that in there yeah. intentionally. That, right. That's a key because crucial piece. Because one thing we've been talking about is like the history of segregated schools yep. here yes. and yep. the lack of education and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. But your mother knew the importance of that. Yeah. And she wanted you to pursue something that might have been a little bit out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. What did she do? Challenge you? Throughout my career, you know, my mom was always, always challenging me academically and always, you know, just made sure I and I rose to that occasion as a competitor, as a, a guy that always wanted to show myself as being the best. Um, she she challenged me the right way with that. Absolutely. So one of the other things that we like to explore mm-hmm. uh, is the the situation like regarding land. Mm-hmm. Now there's like a historic battle in North Preston, mm-hmm. you know, for land yep. rights, ownership, yep. uh, usage. Yes. Uh, can you tell me if this impacted your family in any way? <laughs> impacted my family. It's, you know, so... Smarty in that question. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, how, do, how do I start? So, William Beals, I, I might have said his name wrong, had a son, Lester Beals. Lester Beals is my grandfather, so William Beals is my great-grandfather. Right. Uh, he also had other sons, right? So, William Beals, he dies, but the land gets left to his wife. So, now his wife dies... And, but they didn't have any titles or, you know how that goes, yep. um, or, or, or have titles, but they also didn't have a will. So now Lester comes into the equation, but he has three or four brothers. Um, Lester's mom left the land to Lester. I believe he was the oldest or whatever. She left it to him. Right. Um, but the other brothers, well, they're like, well, no, that's, that's not cool. What, what, what's up with that? Time goes on. As they're all – so actually, no, it wasn't even an issue with the brothers. Lester's and her brothers are all cool. They were cool with Lester having them. Right. They seen Lester as, as a leader. Lester now dies, <clears throat> and he leaves the land to his wife, my grandmother, Peggy Beals. So now the other brothers, their kids, if, you, if you're still staying with me, yep. yeah. the other brothers, their kids, well, they're like, well, well, this was our father's land. This was our grandfather's land, so why do you get the land? And Peggy, so think about this. Peggy, she was married into the family. Right. Right? So she's not the actual brother. So there's still other brothers living. That should have happened. That, that, that should But Lester left it to his wife. So it was a big dispute, big fight, big, you know, a lot of years of lawyers, a lot of years of 
conflict amongst our family where you know we would barely they would barely speak to us and and all those creating more division you know so so finally maybe about five or six years ago um after so many battles they we finally kind of got the paper signed and you know we were like well We've been paying for this land. We're paying all the taxes on this land. You guys are living on the land. They, they still they have their hosts on the land, but we're paying all the taxes. We're paying everything that needs to happen. Um, if you want it, well, here's what comes with having this <laughs> land, right? So once you once you start seeing that, people people think a little different, yeah, right? Yeah. It's like, oh well, I mean, we're not trying to do all that. So anyway, we we finally got the land all figured out now. Um, so now the game plan. Now what what my family is, my grandmother, my mom. Me and my brothers, you know, um, we're just really trying to create a clear game plan so to avoid this. Yes. Right. What, what's yes. What's the plan? And you know, we we say, oh yeah, no, we're tight. We never that never happened. But when money gets involved and plans get involved, a lot of things change. So you know, we want to be as clear as possible with what we're trying to do. So anyway, it's seven acres of land. Um, it's lakefront. It's right on the lake. Yeah. So that's a lot of what my conversation with the lake is. Yeah. Um, you know, so right now we're doing some excavating. It's probably, I don't know, a couple, a couple football fields to get back to the lake. We're ultimately creating a plan. You want to clear everything? We just want to get back there, right? Uh, so get, have access. Get to, further enough to yeah. the lake. So, it, and then from there, we're going to decide we'll get a, uh, what they call surveyor? it? Surveyor. Surveyor to come in. Let's, yeah. let's create a plan. You know, yeah. I, I see a building back there. Uh-huh. I see a little cul-de-sac. I see my house back there on the water. Um, but first we want to clear that land and, and, and create a game plan to, to utilize that land and, and have that land passed on to right. my kids and their kids and their kids, right? So it's generational wealth. Exactly. That's, that's what we're talking about here. You know, so let's talk about that article. Mm-hmm. What prompted you to write that article? Mm-hmm. What was going on in your head? Because and so I'm. You got to remember, we're yep. doing this podcast. Yeah, we're talking about some of the issues in the yep. community, and then I see this. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Through one of my other entrepreneurial endeavors, um, I went to go buy a jet ski. I seen that they were sold out till 2023, right? Because of parts and COVID and all that stuff. I'm like, well, shit, that's crazy. Let me go see if there's anywhere to rent them. And the only place is the Harbor Watercraft. That's mm-hmm. my buddy. Um, but you can't like rent it to take it to your own lake or anything. I didn't see that existing. And the guy that I was talking to, he's like, everyone's asking for jet skis right now. So my entrepreneurial mind clicks there. Well, there's demand and there's no supply. <laughs> let's, let's figure something out here. So long story short, I create a quick Facebook fake ad saying I found a guy in the States with two jet skis. I took a screenshot of his pictures. I said, I got jet skis for rent. Holla at me, $200 a day. Kid you not, I got 200 messages in a day of people saying, hey, where is this? Can I rent it? Can I get it tomorrow? Case closed. I, I closed the app down. I, I went off Kijiji looking to buy some used jet skis. I found two in Toronto. That's so Drove smart. Drove to Toronto, $10,000, bought them, brought them back. To me. So, yes, after spending so much time on the lake, like I said, I was out in Enfield and Lake Echo and Porter's Lake. All these lakes are beautiful, and it's mm-hmm. a great time. And I'm saying, how the hell have we been on the lake? In all these years, like, this is what people do. Oh, yeah, we're heading to the lake this weekend. But black people, we don't do that. And while I'm out there on the lake, you know what I'm saying? While I'm out there on the lake, well, obviously people are surprised. Well, there's black guys, and they got jet skis. And, you know, we're coming with loud music, and I'm just on the lake being black. You made him feel a little awkward. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. A little awkward. And I, w- I wouldn't even call it racism or nothing. They're not, like, saying get off the lake. But through systemic racism and all those things, it's a little bit of a micro- racism going on there absolutely right? well you're out of place exactly so this is their territory exactly and you're coming into their territory exactly. and they're like wait no, same, same way i would like feel if, if a white person came to north Preston, right and they're cruising around i'm like what the, what's happening here right yeah not to say you know we we have 
more white people and stuff come to our community, but it still would be a little, it's not the norm. That, right? yes. That's okay because North Preston is predominantly black. Exactly. And there's nothing wrong with that. Exactly. It's few and far between exactly. in terms of communities, exactly. right? So. Exactly. Right. So that existed. So long story short, you know, I'm like, well, man, we have our own lake there and we, we would use it. We used to swim and do different stuff. But, but why aren't we out, out there? So one day we we got out there. We got our boats out there. However, we got our boats out there. That's a different story. And <laughs> we don't need to go on that. Yeah. <laughs> and while we're out there, man, like I kid you not, it was one of the best days ever. Just to we seen different parts of the lake and yes. so many ideas. Man, we can put a host there and it could be a lake cabin there and an Airbnb here and you could see the community from a different perspective that you never seen. And it's like, man, this lake's really beautiful. This is better than some of the lakes we've been on. So um, I'm like, well, shit, we really got to get out here. And and while we're doing that, uh, a cop office, a cop car comes by, and we're like, oh, what now? Well, we know something's happening. So she comes, like, yeah, we got a call, and you guys aren't supposed to be out here. Why not? What's the problem? She didn't know the full answer other than someone told her we're not supposed to be. So she goes, there's a sign up. It says no uh, boating and whatever. And But she, it's not really clear on what, what the what's happening. She doesn't yeah. know if we're really allowed or not allowed. So she kind of just lets it be. People guess you're in North Preston. You know, she's she's been there before. She's used to dealing with maybe people that don't know how to speak for themselves. Yep. I'm like, right. well, I'm, call your superior. You questioned her. Question her and, and, and call, who do you, who, call the, the Halifax Water and let's figure out why we're not allowed and get the actual ruling here. So when she starts hearing those words, she just... Uh, she didn't on. have that in in her day plan. Right, so she, she backed expected up. no. She expected no resistance. Exactly. She decided to get off the water exactly. and, and let's yeah, go because we're yeah. we're afraid of what she might do. So yeah. anyway, um, once that happened, we're like, shit, I want to really figure out: are we allowed or are we not? So I started to make some calls. Um, I called the the number on the the thing HR Halifax Water. Spoke to about four different people. Um, no one had a clear answer, but they were going to put me in touch with the manager who wasn't there, who's on vacation or something. So I had to wait like three weeks for him to get back. So did you use the lake in this? In this oh, lake? for sure, 100%. Okay, good, yeah, good, like good. We're, the, the mind frame we're in right now is you're going to have to put us off, right, <laughs> of my water. You know, yeah, you – uh, and then they say it's, it's – uh, I had a, a, a – I made a post the other day or a little while ago. They say it's city water. Well, whose water was it before then? Uh-huh. <laughs> before the city came and claimed it and owned it. And they say watershed and all this. Well, maybe we don't want the water protected. Maybe we can figure our own thing out, right? So that's a whole different story. But anyway, we're in the mind frame of you guys got to take us off. This exactly. You right? guys have taken everything forever. We taking some shit back. You know yeah, what I'm saying? That's fair. So that's where I'm at in life right now. So, um, so the, yeah, if it's going down, how it's going down. But anyway, we're still on the lake. So as I'm stay making safe, the calls, stay yeah, safe. you gotta stay safe. You gotta stay, stay protected. Safe. I'm doing it in a diplomatic. Yeah, exactly. Way. I ain't going Malcolm X on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You're you're using the system against mm-hmm. them. Exactly. No, no, you're using the system the way we're supposed to. For, oh, it's not against created. them. We're just using mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. appropriately. Uh, no, I, I say against them, and oh, the fact that yeah. they don't think we're going to exactly. use the system. Oh, right? yeah, it wasn't made for us to use it. <laughs> yeah. it, no. it wasn't. Made well, for us let's to let's create this thing here. And first of all, that's a, that's a common thing. For, that's a common they're theme. not going to use it, yeah. right? Yeah. They'll, you know, like the police officer showing up. Yeah. So, well, what's authority? Exactly. Gotta, exactly. So, to finish that story. You know, got in touch with them. Uh, he was a cool guy. He, um, you know, he he, sh- he showed that he cared, and that he's actually been kind of thinking about this and understand that it's not right. Because five minutes down the road, Lake Major, which is actually the water supply, mm-hmm. they have access to their water. They can swim. They can kayak. They can boat. They can do it all. 
right? So what, why does that exist, right? And the reason why it exists, so they say, is because a North Preston committee member um, that's on the committee voted for North Preston to be fully protected. We don't want our wa- we don't want to use our water at all, ah. which is insane. <laughs> I uh, just wrote the article to to understand why and. and through after talking to him, well, one, I wanted to go further. I wanted to push the envelope. I wanted uh, city councilmen and all these other people to read it. So I put it on LinkedIn and got 10,000 views, and a lot of them did read it. And I also wanted the community to see it and understand, well, we should be on this lake, and everyone else has access to this lake, and here's actually the unjust and unfairness happening. So the word, I did, it did what it was supposed to do, and, and some, right? It, taught, it reached a lot of people. A lot of people got perspective. So now my next step is to create a committee. Um, to now let's go attack this, right? Some community members, some some mariners, some people that actually know. Right. Uh, so a couple of Dalhousie students reached out to me and different stuff. So create a committee, let's attack, let's, by next summer, let's have access to this lake. First of all, we're going to change let's the name to it. North Preston Lake, yep. not Lake, I don't know who, uh, Long. who Long Lake is. We're going to call it North Preston Lake, and we'll go from there. So I wonder what the significance is behind Long Lake. I yeah. Probably nothing at all, other than it was longer than Lake Major. <laughs> they said, let's call it Long Lake. I like Lake. it, though. You know I like saying? it. We're going to call it North Preston Lake. So there was part of that article, too, about uh, there was a bursary, right? Yes. Oh, man. Yeah. So yeah. and that's yeah. I found that interesting. Yeah. Back on to the educational mm-hmm. side of things. Do you mm-hmm. want to explain a little bit about that bursary? Yeah. So Arnold D. Johnson is a North Preston legend. Uh, he represented um, Canada in the Army. He won medals and a community advocate, worked for the, the water. Uh, so he has a lot of different honoraries. As a, he has a field, a lot of honorary things in his name. Um, there's also a scholarship that exists. And right. it's, it has existed since 2009, I believe. Okay. So about 12 years. It's, I think, about five grand a year. So it pays for your tuition at NSCC to enter into um, the marine engineering program or marine biology or marine engineering. On top of that, the... The applicant that, that receives it also gets a summer job with Halifax Water. So full job, full paying job for the summer to work with Halifax Water. On top of that, after they're done, they graduate, they pretty much have a here's your job mm-hmm. to Halifax Water to be a marine biologist, a marine engineer, or whatever marine they need in the Halifax Water. Mm-hmm. So anyway, here's this great opportunity that exists. The problem is in the 12 or 10 years that it existed, only one applicant mm-hmm. applied and only one app, that one applicant received it. So there's been a scholarship that's existed for 12 years that no one knew about. No one, I asked people, no one knew about it, and only one guy received it. That's a huge issue, especially for a community that's lacking in resources, uh-huh. that's probably sending two kids to university a year, if that, and one of the reasons why we're sending so many, so little kids is, is finance, financial. We're definitely not sending kids to marine biologists and marine engineering. So I had to put that part in the article and, and spread that word. Well, it's relevant, especially if you're talking about access to to, to water exactly. and land, exactly. right? And these are these are careers that African Nova Scotians wouldn't be employed in. No. So we need to look Ever. at increasing the representation in those yeah. specific fields. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's more about like the awareness yeah because part of the how did that happen yeah how how does that happen yeah part of the problem is within our communities Mm -hmm. we only see so much exactly uh therefore like our scope is limited very and and so this is going to lead into like the next question Mm -hmm. you mentioned uh you know your travel abroad Mm -hmm. uh you mentioned you know like the education how has that exposure Mm -hmm. changed the way you look at your community 
Big time, big time, man. I would say, you know, one, just meeting so many different people, Mm -hmm. uh, getting so many different experiences, seeing so many different places. It actually put more value on my community Mm because through going to these places, I see that nothing really exists like this. You know, Mm -hmm. nowhere in any community have I ever been does everyone in the community know each other? Does everyone in the community go to the same weddings and the yeah. same funerals and the same parties and, and party till 6 a.m.? And you know, like that doesn't exist in, in nowhere that I've seen mm-hmm. yet. Um, so, you know, a, a ton of value on that. And, and also, it also shows us kind of how far we're behind uh-huh. in, in sense of, like you said, the, the access and the understanding of what's happening in the world. You know, for me to, you know, I would say 5% of Man, I might say 2% of people in North Preston know that Volta exists and knows what Volta does. Volta started out uh, the tech hub, The, the right? tech hub, where yeah. you can come to literally create a tech business, and they'll help you make that a million-dollar business, Yeah, right? Uh-huh. But we don't know that. You know, we don't know that at a place like that even exists where there's, you know, it's a big gap of information. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times I've kind of considered myself as a bridge yeah. of that information through a lot well, of different well, you channels. Mentioned, you mentioned Volta, but... Yep. You know, there's the tribe network. Yeah, yeah. Shout uh, out my boy Alfred. Yeah, Alfred, yeah. right? Which is he's working the Black, Indigenous, mm-hmm. People of Color mm-hmm. space, and then you know, creating that platform yes. there, which is, you know, we need more act. We we need more programs yeah. like that, yeah. but we also need to get that to the the people. Mm-hmm. And yes. like you mm-hmm. said, bridging that gap, mm-hmm. like to the community, it's mm-hmm. something that's you don't do overnight. No, right? No, not at it's all. It's definitely a process. Oh yeah. So. Like back to your travel. So I lived in Virginia. I lived okay. in Virginia Beach okay. That's what's uh, up. and in Chesapeake. Uh, and one thing I noticed from like my travel mm-hmm. uh, is, especially in in the, like the southern states, yeah, is I noticed a lot of successful black people. Oh man, for sure. Right. So in your travels, did you notice that, and then did that change how you approached life? For sure. You know, I remember I went to Atlanta. You hear the story of anyone that goes to Atlanta. Yeah, Atlanta's crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, I've been down to Atlanta like the, twice. It's I'm the like, black mecca, yeah. right? You go in a bank, and there's the teller's black. Yep. The branch manager's black. Everyone's black, right? You go every place you go, you're going to see black people, right? And you're going to be like, man, shoot. Right, when we go to banks around here, there might be one black person in there, and they're working on the teller, or they might be doing janitorial services or whatever exists. Uh, but you go to a place like Atlanta, and, like, like, and then, again, I go – I other places in the states, you know, in Baltimore, Maryland, yeah. um, you know, a guy on the university board is black or a professor is black or, you know, a lot of these people that I'd never seen in certain positions are black and they speak intelligently and they play golf and they, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They, they're not the blacks that I knew. Um, so that just opens my mind uh, on to yeah. what I can be and what I can see and what Absolutely. I can do. And then, you know, I bring that back here and I Okay, I become the guy that plays golf, and I got dogs that live in the house. You know what I'm saying? And I go to walks at Point Pleasant Park. Point. You know what so I'm saying? You said dogs that live in the house. Yeah. When you were growing up, where were the dogs? Dogs are outside, and you throw them their food, and they're on the chain, and you know what I'm saying? You might bring them in in the winter, yeah. but you're going to build them a shelter and put some insulation. But they live outside, and you barely interact with them unless you're giving them food. Yep. Right? So, but you know, those little culture shocks. And again, I, I through learning and seeing this, going to the cottage, I remember. So I went to Loyola University in Maryland, which is a private school, $60,000 tuition a year. So you can imagine the type of people that come to the school. Yeah. Um, so during summers, we'd go to Stone Harbor, um, you know, and, and the Hamptons <laughs> to my friends and, and my teammates kind of their summer houses. Right. <laughs> I see that. It's pretty cool. So I, em- I embrace it into my life. 
And then, you know, to 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 my black friends, it's like, man, what the hell, bro? You you acting white. It's like, no, it's not acting white. <laughs> I'm just living life. You're culture. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Well, we had that I don't want my steak well done anymore. I, yeah. I, I've learned that medium tastes better. Absolutely. You know <laughs> I learned that medium's a little better. Right. Yeah. But all those things that like I said, we were we're behind and we were just trying to we're just we're just getting under survival. We're still in survival. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. True. so things like summer houses and medium steaks and you know, we had to cook a steak well done to burn off all the yeah. the dirty stuff on there. People, uh, this is another crazy thing. So, you know, I've, there's always a debate I have with people, with, with family stuff about washing chicken. We swear by it. If, you, if someone doesn't clean their chicken, they're disowned or we're not eating from their house ever again. But my thought, my theory is that when we used to get chicken, uh-huh. uh, especially if we go back to slave days, we were getting the scraps. We were getting the dirtiest yeah. food. It literally had dirt on it. Yep. So we had to wash it off. Yeah. Right. And then cook it. And that stuff was passed down from our grandmothers, uh-huh. and now we're still washing chicken. And I mean, it's actually scientifically, it's actually more harmful because you can spread bacteria yep. and all that stuff. But I'm not eating chicken unless it's washed. <laughs> See? I haven't become that culture yet. So I'm learning a lot from your perspective, <laughs> and it's so it's it's really interesting to think how much you've accomplished so much right now, and uh-huh. what you're going to accomplish as well too. But you know, your community, the significance yeah. of North Preston's, what message do you have for those future generations that are growing up? And in an ideal world, mm-hmm. what could you do to make that community move forward? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean. And not that it's not moving forward. No, I should sure. just clarify. But what could you do to help propel it into kind of that next level? Yeah, And, and that's kind of my mission now. That's that's what I wake up for every day. Um, that's what I f- would like to think that I, I, I'm doing. And, and I wouldn't say what I, that's what I am doing. Yeah. Um, maybe slowly or whatever. But uh, ultimately, you know, that's why I've kind of jumped into the world of entrepreneurship. Uh-huh. Um, since starting all these different businesses, we've probably employed over 40 people. 38 of them have been from North Preston. 25 of them have been under the age of 19. 20 of them, this is their first job. So right, that so exposure right you know, away, yeah. right away, exposure to a job to you know, Walmart might have said no or whatever. Um, so here, come come work with us. But not only that, you're seeing a black business. You're mm-hmm. seeing a young black man. It looks like you running a business and, and succeeding at it, um, relatively. Uh, so you know, when I see that, and then you know, I, I have conversations with them, um, and you know, a group of four of the, the youth that work with us, they want to start their own lawn mowing business. And they called me. They said, hey, man, we're trying to start this business up. Can you help us? Right? So 100%, that was a direct result of them being in our space and, and, and working and, you know, seeing entrepreneurship as their own. That entrepreneurial right. mindset. Yeah. From, from, you know, in the last three years, I would say since we've been our conception, uh, you know, everywhere I go, people just ask me, man, how's the, how's the business? How's the kitchen? Like, that's all people want to talk to me about is is the business, right? Which which is cool. You know, I've, we branded it and you know, we've probably become the most branded and the most recognized black business. Given the fact that North Preston is one of the oldest and largest uh, black settlements, yep. where do you see, like, the, the population? What's the future? Like, mm-hmm. People are leaving. Mm-hmm. Uh, Good question, man. Do, are people going to, like, continue to understand yeah. the history yeah. and the significance of the community? Yeah. It's something we're battling. Um, I think our population is – I mean, I would like to see a census, but it probably de- decrease. And it's decreased because we're being dispersed. One, we don't have, there's no more housing happening or living. Um, so, so what do you mean? So no, we, we have housing, sorry, but there's no new houses getting built. Uh, right? We probably get one new house a, a year, but our population is growing. So we have, you know, 
you know, a guy like me, I live on Barrington Street. Okay. Down the street, just about 10 minutes from here. I, I don't have a place to live in North Preston. My family lives there, but I, you know, I, I'm not because ready to build a, a house. Because it's not attractive enough. So look at communities like Beachville, exactly. Hammonds Plains. Exactly. What do you have there? A lot of land. A lot of land. And that it's actually like, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're getting land outside of the city. Yeah. But you don't, it doesn't come with yeah. all the baggage like North yeah. Preston mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the negative stereotype. Mm-hmm. So you're still seeing people leave the community. Yeah. Right, people in Hammonds Flames and Beachville, mm-hmm. they're staying in the community, but people are building around. Building them. around, yeah. them. All right. So, you know, that's where you see that intermigration is still happening. Yeah, it's, 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 it, it is. Right? It is. Yeah. It is. You mentioned you went to Toronto. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are leaving to go to Toronto. A ton. Right. And so you know, we we have that part of people going to Toronto for opportunities, Calgary for opportunities, Halifax, Dartmouth for living. Yeah. Right. A lot of that stuff. Um, so, you know, a lot of our young people don't actually live in the community, but we still represent the community. We still come to the community. We're still a part of the community, but we're outside the community. I, I still voted in North Preston. Right. Um, and, 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 you know, a lot of people fit into that category. But what I would say in, in the same breath, um, due to COVID and due to this new world when unbelievable housing prices and, mm-hmm. you know, rent issues, we're seeing a lot of people come back from Toronto's, from Calgary's, from Halifax, from Dartmouth, back and living with their mom or whatever the case is. So now when we talk about that land, the meeting I was having with my family today is we want to put a building on our land, uh, you know, 25-unit building, um, affordable housing, and, and how do we get more people? It's, it's one, it's good ac- economically, and there's a ton of people that are willing to pay and live there. We know that. Yeah. Like you said, it might not be attractive to them, but I know how attractive Let's it see, is. Exactly. Right? So yeah, let's build it. And you know, let's create a plan where it's affordable and you can rent to own and we create homeowners and all these pieces. Um, but that's that's the piece, you know. I'm understanding, well, no one else is going to develop in North yeah. Preston. No. And that's my mission. That's my so mission. no of, one else is going to develop today in North Preston. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. what happens 10 years from now? Exactly. What happens 15, 20 exactly. years from now? Exactly. When there's no more, you know, places to develop in the city. Exactly. Yeah, where are they going? Where are they going? Right. Going so so let's so let's let's beat them to it. Absolutely. Let's develop ourselves, uh, and that's why I got to get to this bag so I can so I can <laughs> those stacks. You know what I'm saying so I can get to the stack so I can do it, and then once we do it, okay, now you come, but the price is different, and yeah. okay, no, now it's not just you're going to come develop and buy the land. Well, here you we have a developing company. You can come partner Thank with you. us, and let's uh, amen, and Bye. and you front the cash, and we'll 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 create the plan. We could probably keep talking, but. Right. I, it's hot in here, man. Yeah. I'm sorry yeah, this, to die. This conversation needs to continue. Oh, for sure. This conversation sure. needs to continue. Sure. Yeah, uh, I can chat all day, man. Yeah. That's, that's why I need a podcast. That's why, <laughs> I'll be, that's why I'll be calling you. So, I mean, honestly. Do you want to do the sign-off? Yeah. Well, again, thank you for coming out. Yes. I mean, given the circumstances, you know, thanks for the commitment. And all we were here to do is learn and mm-hmm. enjoy this journey. Yeah. Thank you for being a part of it. And we don't want this discussion to end. Sure. So we'd love to have you back sometime in the future. Bring me uh, back, or, man. Or, you know, maybe we meet up outside of here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, thank you for your efforts. Thank you for all the energy you brought. A great conversation. Thank you for listening to the Loyalist Connections podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode and gained some new insights. This episode was produced by your hosts, Larice Gabriel Downey, and myself, Sean Smith, of the Loyalist Connections Creative Group. We want to send out a special thanks uh, to our community partners, the Black Cultural Center and the Black Loyalist Heritage Center and Society for their continued support. And shout out our alma mater, St. Mary's University, 
especially the St. Mary's University Goresbrook Research Institute Partnership for making resources available to us to complete this project. We encourage you to join us as we continue to host these meaningful conversations and uncover information on our communities and other important aspects of our history. In the meantime, don't forget to listen, like, follow, and share the Loyalist Connection podcast on all your favorite platforms. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Loyalist Connection Podcast for updates and behind the scenes content. Also, for exclusive content, including access to unedited episodes, Join the Loyalist Connections community on Patreon. And until the next episode, stay stay connected. connected.